just watched, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like friends podcast. sitting around talking. Yeah. 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 Okay, good. So we're good. <clears throat> we need to talk about our week first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be. It should be good. <clears throat> we're recording already. I feel like that well, doesn't mean that'll be in the podcast. I've been listening to the Out for Blood podcast about the making of Carrie the Musical because <laughs> I like to do research oh, before I see nice, things. Oh, nice, nice. Those are so nice. And they do the same thing we kind of do. <laughs> oh, look You're at spoiling that. Spoiling my gift. I know. Aww. Yeah, you But they like kind of chatter first before they start the episode. I'm like, oh, they're just like us. <laughs> or actually, we're probably like them, but it's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, we can say well, they're just like us. <laughs> <laughs> we're the OG. We're yeah. the OG. We're, <laughs> we're, you know, five or four published episodes <laughs> in, two the in the OG. can, so this is seven. We're, we're professionals OG here. anything. No. <laughs> OG noobs. Hey, yeah. well, listen, we are seven episodes ahead of where we were. That's true. Like every time we do this, right? learn just a little bit more. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Which is it's, nice. Yeah, it is good stuff. Right. So did you guys have a good week? What did we yes. do this week? We went and saw Carrie last night. Yeah, we did. At Florida Southern College. And it was really, really fun. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I grew up reading all of his books. I've read everything he's ever written. And to the point of when... I would go to the library. We had a library about six blocks away from our house. So on the weekends, I would go to the library, and I'd come mm-hmm. home with a stack of books, and I had Nancy Drew and Beauty, uh, Black Beauty on the top, and then hiding underneath nice. was all my Stephen King books because my mom did not want me reading those. And I'd sit all weekend and read them, and so I was really excited to go see that. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. yeah they th- oh, man, they were great. The um, actress that played... Margaret, I think that's the mom's name, mm-hmm. right? Oh my gosh, that Goodness, voice. the second she started singing, I was like, oh, oh okay. Oh, yeah. I got this. I mean, just the sheer amount of talent in this <gasps> area is always good, but then when you go to the colleges and you're seeing kids that aren't from here, that mm-hmm. are here for school, and what they're bringing into the area, too, is just, wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. They really knock your socks off. Yes. Yeah, they do. I did get home, though, and I was like, something didn't feel right to me, and then I realized it has been so long since I've been to a local production where I don't know people in the cast Uh, where you're like I feel connected to them because I know their background I've seen them in other things and that it took me a while to figure out what it was like it's because I didn't know anybody so that I noticed that made a difference yeah I was definitely like scouring the playbill ahead of time I'm like do I know any of these people yeah Mm -hmm. yeah the girl that played Sue Snell she was amazing she's only a freshman oh wow okay well she's got a big career ahead of her there well, anyway, I can't wait to see her on Go see it. Lots thing. of weekends left to see Carrie at yeah. Florida Southern College. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was only one, but then I went and got yeah. our tickets, and I was like, oh, nope, there's more. Yeah, it's in December. December. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, welcome mm-hmm. to Drama yeah. Mamas. I'm Angela. Yeah. I'm Kristen. I'm Kathy. And I'm JJ. Yay! Yay. <laughs> welcome, JJ. Welcome, JJ. We've known JJ for a while. And JJ reached out to us because he has done so much beyond just community theater and has a lot to help us understand and can help parents know how to navigate moving from community to professional. And so we are really excited to have you here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, so you started out at LCT? Oh, yes, wait. I did. I originally started out with Out of the Box, which for those of you who don't know, is a all-inclusive special needs theater troupe. And uh, I started off there as someone who needed to, uh, needed assistance, and then now I'm someone who's giving assistance. I'm one of the TKs there, which stands for Theater Kid, and uh, we help the out of the boxers hit their mark, get to where they need to be, and uh, 
that was me about a decade ago. I was the one being helped up and down the stairs and uh, that stuff. And uh, it's nice to give back and, you know, it's nice to see that this is where I was and here's where I am now. I can relate to all of these people because I was like that at some point in time needing that assistance. And, uh, so you're 18 now, correct? Yes, I am. So you were like pretty young when you yes, were there. Yes, I was eight years old then. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Just a baby Just in the program. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> so were you pretty young at that point for the group? I know that it was a lot smaller. Uh, I, I think so. I feel like I, yeah. I might have been the youngest, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. Right, it, was, it was a while ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for your lifespan, it was a long time ago. It was a, it was a lot smaller in the beginning when it started oh, out. Yeah, we only had like... Uh, between 12 to 20 people in the beginning. It was a really small group, but over the years it just kept growing and growing and growing because, you know, we got the word out about it and, you know, the community that it's uh, a part of is, we're a huge community Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, acting is a great way to express yourself, especially for uh, individuals with disabilities. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I love what that program brings to the community and I love the shows that they put on because they are just so special. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite that I've seen and been a part of was, um, I want to go to Mars. That oh, was, yeah. I just loved that production <laughs> so much. That was our first being part of. Yeah. That was, that was our first one, which was probably why I feel so like attached to it, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah. Yeah. And their Christmas shows are so great and yeah, it's just a great way to, kick off the season and everybody comes together as a community yeah. and you know it's just a great and they just had theirs this mm-hmm. past yeah. week how yeah. was that it was awesome yeah was so much fun yeah. there's so much joy oh, with yeah. all of them they just love what they're doing and it you just can't help but feel super happy when you're in there and they're double cast this oh, show yeah. mm-hmm. how, how many pe- people were in the program this time over a hundred. Oh yes definitely over a hundred and it, it's nice to see that everyone got equal opportunity instead of just having one cast with all the roles and then, you know, a bunch of different extras in it or ensemble parts in it. And it was nice to see an even uh, distribution of the parts. Yeah, it was. So when did you make the transition from out of the box to like the theater for youth program? Um, not too long after. I took some drama classes after mm-hmm. out of the box and my first uh, theater for youth program was Aristocats Kids, and I was in the dog brigade. <laughs> and that, that was a lot of fun. I sounds bet. fun. <laughs> that was awesome. Everybody yeah. has to be in those little clumps of animals oh, oh, at yeah, some point yeah. in their career. You start off as animals right. and trees, and you slowly get into the humans after yes. <laughs> Although you were a snowman at one point. Yes, uh, Olaf. One of my top two favorite characters I've played. Yes, that's a great wow. character. Yeah. That was so you were much fantastic. Fun. Yeah, Oof. thank you. Phenomenal. Goodness, I know. I totally brought that character to life. And Olaf is a character I I have loved since like Frozen release, and so being able to play him was a a really good thing for me because I can relate to that character on so many different levels. And I've just loved him ever since I was little. <laughs> He's amazing. Aww. That was such a fun role. And that was a double cast one as well. Yes. That was right was. after uh, COVID. Wasn't it the first one when we came back after yeah, COVID? I think so. Yeah. Which was like so exciting for everyone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now you are 
do you still do community theater or have you moved pretty strictly I to I still do community theater okay. on occasion not mm -hmm. um, as often as I used to um, I'm focusing more on the film and television side of things and professional theater okay so why don't you explain to us how that transition happened for you well it started off uh, my friends were doing professional theater and I was like you know what I'll give it a try and see how it works and uh, I had a little bit of, well, actually I had a decent amount of training for professional theater and professional theater auditions because they are slightly different, mm -hmm. but they're similar. And the first thing I auditioned for was uh, Gypsy at the Garden Theater, that was professional theater, but while I was there auditioning for that, they went up to me and said, hey, we have this show called A Christmas Story, I see you're not auditioning for it, maybe you should go audition for it if you're available. And so they went to my mom, who's over there. <laughs> Your momager. Your momager. Yeah, we love that. Love that. Love that term. Yes. Uh, and so they went to her, and uh, she saw that my schedule was clear, and um, ended up auditioning for that as well. And what I had to do was I had to sing a song, and I had to do a comedic monologue, and then later on I got an email about a callback for it. And I went to the callback, and as far as I remember, I was the only person reading for Scott Farkas at that time, wow. or at least wow. when I was there. And I ended up booking it, and it, it was a lot of fun. It was a great role, and it was a character role. Like, it was very character heavy. And I made him a bit funnier than maybe what he was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's it's a character choice. Yeah, he's a yeah. Yeah. I feel mm -hmm. like he's comedic. And um, it was a lot of fun. It was a great project, great cast. And one of the main differences between community theater and um, professional theater, during the rehearsal process, the first read-through, usually that for community theater, that's when you get your script the first time is during the read-through. Okay. For professional theater, it's a little bit different. They either email it to you or you can go pick it up at, a, at the theater, depending on you know if they paid for like book hardcover copies of the script or if they have a printed version. But you get it in advance and so that way you are as close to as memorized to the first read through. And that's one of the things that uh, the Garden Theater did and they're like, hey, if you can be as close to memorized, we'll start blocking things right away if we wow. read through wow. it quickly enough. Yeah. And we feel like we had at least two hours of rehearsal left when we finished the read through. And I think we blocked the first three scenes of the show. Oh my show. gosh, that's quick. That is yeah, really fast. That is quick. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, was the audition process different from community to professional? It was a little different. Um, oh, apologies. No, <laughs> no problem. Okay. No, that happens. Okay. Real life. <laughs> We're all human around here. Yeah. <laughs> um. About that. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> totally fine. Um, where was I? <laughs> no, audition process. Audition yes, process, yes. yes. So in the past, before COVID, community theaters didn't have the audition time slot thing. Yes. Uh, that's something I'm noticing now that they're doing more since COVID happened. Which is wonderful. Yes. And that was the difference in the past. Professional theater mainly did that with audition times and slots. And that was one of the differences. Another thing is, um, excuse me, another difference is that I, it's a bit more intimate 
and sometimes they have they ask you a bit more questions. They try and get you know you better. It's a bit more personal, I, I think. And I, but mm -hmm. I also think it depends on who's directing and who's there and that type of thing. Okay. Sense. Yeah, it does make sense. It's yeah. nice because you probably get to know them a little bit while they're asking oh, yeah. questions and feel a little more comfortable. In those time slots, do they kind of keep it character driven in the, in the time slot or is it more just here's your slot, you show up, doesn't matter what you're going for? Um, it's more it's your slot, you show up and then you have your audition pieces ready and um, they're very specific with what they want. They'll tell you if they want a comedic or dramatic monologue or if they want an upbeat song or a song that's a bit more, um, I guess, down to earth or something like that. And they're very specific with what they want. So typically they ask for a monologue? Typically they'll ask for a monologue, yeah. Um, if it's... Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Magic! <laughs> um, if it is a musical and it's just a musical, I think most times they'll have you just do a song and I feel like during the callback they'll have you do a scene, which they usually have you do that anyway during a callback, but I feel like it's a mixture. And it depends where you're auditioning, because I know the Orlando rep usually has you sing and then do a monologue, and then for the callback, you dance then for the musical. Instead of like community theater, you oh, dance right. and okay. sing. Okay. Yeah. Right. And no, no monologue and a no lot monologue. of the time. Yeah. Most of the time, yeah. yeah. Right. Have you had a lot of dance and voice training? Uh, I've had a lot of voice training, not as much dance training. I haven't danced in whew, quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably since the pandemic. Okay. Um, um, but I take voice lessons with uh, Patrick Flights. Oh, yeah, he's and, wonderful. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pat, yeah. Mm -hmm. And in the past, I used to take with Miss Frida. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of Miss Frida, we actually found out I could sing because we, we had no clue I had a singing ability before Out of the Box. And she was the uh, vocal uh, music director for Out of the Box, and uh, she brought it to my mom's attention that I can sing and that I should take voice lessons, and so I did. And then at some point in time, she moved out of state, and then I started taking with Pat, who was Miss Frida's teacher. I didn't and, realize that. Um, I'm still with him today, and we do Zoom lessons. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That's so nice that you can do the Zoom lesson. We were saying that, I think it was last week, how that's opened yeah. up a whole new world for really has, oh, yeah. Yeah. lessons, made it so much easier and accessible for people. Especially for auditions and callbacks, because I've had, I think, two or three callbacks now with uh, it being on Zoom or on the computer or virtual. And it is slightly different because you have to be more conscious of, here's the framing of mm -hmm. my computer or phone or whatever you're using for the Zoom. Uh, I, I recommend a computer because you can see yourself a bit better, plus you can see them better versus when it's on the phone, it's really small. That makes sense, It's hard yeah. to see. And I feel like yeah. the audio is a bit better on a computer, or at least that's my opinion. Um, but it, you definitely have to be more conscious of your framing and you can't be as big as you would be when you're on the stage, but you still have to show that you, know, you have that theater presence, you have that strong mm -hmm. stage presence. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. 
That's intimidating, though. I can imagine just being in that little computer screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Show your stuff. Sundries, it's a little, little bit wracking. Yeah. You have to make something, uh, you, you want to do something bigger, and mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I can't do it that big. I have to do it a little bit smaller. And it's like, ah. Break me out of the shell. Right. <laughs> yeah, you got to really show what you can do in that little tiny uh, yeah. box. Yeah. It's kind of like I'm always amazed that they can make decisions based on 16 or 32 bars of a song. Like within that little tiny bit of music, they're able to kind of pick out what they're looking for. I'm, that always, I'm very amazed by that because I have zero musical ability. And <laughs> well, and that's not just about the singing. It's also about the acting oh, yes. as well. You, yeah. When you audition and you have a song, you have to put character behind it because that's one of the things they're looking for they're looking for you to be comfortable with them and they're looking for you to have a character behind your song and to know what you're singing because if you're just singing the words and even if you sound great you know that's not as good mm -hmm. as sounding great and having a character behind it right mm -hmm. Do you do a lot of research behind roles you're going for to kind of understand where that character is coming from? Yes I do um, it depends on how much is known about the character, because with some auditions, it's a brand new character that was created, but that's more so for film and television. Uh, but with musical theater and uh, theater in general, you can usually find out a lot about the character. Like, uh, for Curious Incident I was in, there's a book. So I read the book that it was based off of, and I have this special thing I do that helps me develop a character. And it's basically ways I can relate, ways I can't relate. And then, you know, what of our, like, what our differences are. And then I kind of think about what is his thought process? Because everybody has a different thought process. And each character will think differently, have different opinions, have different love languages, and that type of thing. And all of that can come into play while developing a character. Oh, wait, so slow down, because it sounds really cool. Yeah. So are you, like, <laughs> writing this down, or is this something you're just kind of in your head? Okay, so, so yeah, I explain it, it more. I write it's fascinating. It, yeah. yeah, it really is. Mm -hmm. yeah. I write it down to help me remember it. Um, but, you know, while you're there, you can't have a piece of paper and look at it. And so I write it down to help me memorize it and get familiar with it. So that way it's in my body. like you know. And so then I kind of have to put a part of that to memory. And with the way I am, I with my disabilities, I have the ability to think in pictures. Most people think in like, I don't know how to explain it, but I guess words and instead mm -hmm. of having pictures and words. So I feel like that visual, that uh, visualization, mm -hmm. ooh, tough word. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I have my Invisalign in, so words are like, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah. having that where you can see it, see the scene playing out in your head, see what the character is thinking and know what the character is thinking, for me is really helpful. And having those small things of figuring out why the character is saying what they're saying. And oftentimes, uh, this is a tip for memorization of lines, if you're having trouble with a line, usually it's because you don't understand why the character is saying it. Because if you don't okay. understand it, you're not going to say, it doesn't make any sense, why should I say it? So mm -hmm. you have to understand why the character is saying it, and it may be something that you would never think of but this is the way your character thinks, so mm -hmm. this justifies it through this way. So your checklist mm, is, cool. I wanna make sure I remember this because this is awesome. How am I like the character? How am I different from the character? Yes. Mm -hmm. And what was the next part? You said something else. Um, 
a little bit about love languages, which is more of like mm -hmm. like body posture and that type of stuff, and like if they're okay with being touched, if they're not okay with being touched, right? That type of thing. okay, and like opinions. I think yes, you had mentioned. opinions, mm -hmm. and that comes into play because you're playing an entirely different person and an entirely different human being with different thoughts. And so you have to try and think, how would this character think differently from me in this situation? How has their life experiences changed them? Mm -hmm. And with some characters, you have to make up your own, their own life experiences with the character based off of what you have in the script. Now, isn't, that isn't necessarily necessary. That's just something I do for myself. And if you want to do it, that's great. Um, but whatever works for you, and that's what works for me. Do you find that gets easier the more you practice it with each different character? Um, I feel like with that in particular way of doing it, it is helpful to do it more times because then you're like, okay, I know what I'm doing, I know what, need, I know what questions I need to ask, and uh, I've had multiple different teachers teach me different things, and I've kind of incorporated it into one different... Uh, like one, what works for you. Yes. 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 Okay. All right, mm -hmm. excellent. Yeah. So you yeah. mentioned Curious Incident. Tell us more about that, because that was fantastic, and uh, how yes. that all happened. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's going to start off with a story about the Family Cafe. And if you don't know, the Family Cafe is America's largest cross-disability conference. And I'm a member of the Florida Youth Council, which is a youth advocacy group. And we host panels there at the Family Cafe. And we also do, like, we do the showroom and that stuff, hall monitoring, because we're also volunteering there at the same time as we're demonstrating. And um, during that, the keynote speaker was Mickey Rowe. He is the first autistic actor to play Christopher Boone in The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. And my youth advisor at the time introduced me to him. And we started talking to each other. We exchanged Instagrams and that type of stuff. And we stayed in contact with each other over time. And at some point in time, the Tampa rep reached out to him and said, hey, would you know anybody that would be interested in auditioning for Christopher? Um, we have auditions coming up, and he thought of me. And so he said, hey, JJ, you know, there's this kid. I, I met him. He's a great actor. You should really consider him for an audition. And so they sent me an audition, but I, had, I did not know they did because it went to my spam folder. Oh, no. Oh, so no. I only found out after <laughs> oh, making spam. Yeah. <laughs> I only found out after Mickey Rowe texted me on Instagram. And I was like, hey, have you checked your emails recently? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, no. And I'm like, have you seen an audition for a Curious Incident? And I'm like, no, I haven't. Oh, gosh. And I was like, check your spam. And so I checked my spam, and there it was. Oh, no. And um, of course, I accepted it because Christopher is one of my dream roles. I, I had an audition for it a long time ago, and I didn't get it at that time. And it was a character that I got emotionally attached to, and it, he still is. I still am emotionally attached to that character. And, uh, you know, it's a dream role of mine. And so, of course, I accepted the audition. But since I didn't have a lot of time to prepare, I only had two days to prepare two different monologues. Oh, God. And the monologues I had at the time were extremely outdated. Like, they were for when I was way younger. And so I was like, okay, I gotta find two different contrasting monologues. Oh, goodness. And I, gosh. And, um, oh, and thanks two to days. Jeremy Henry Dixon, 
Uh, my mom reached out to him and said, hey, do you have any monologues? We need two contrasting monologues. And he sent us an entire list of monologues while he was at a callback himself. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then I was on the internet scouring for some, and we found two really good monologues. Um, I believe the one is called Equus, and the other one is called Treat Me Different. And... Both were along the lines of the show because I tried to get something similar to the show, but also not exactly like it. Mm -hmm. So there were certain things that each character did in the monologue that was similar to Christopher, but not exactly the same. Okay. So I had two days to memorize it and prepare it. And I had a coaching session with Angela Angel, who was actually my first um, acting coach uh, that I ever had. And uh, she had these great classes and she had master classes as well and it was master classes about different things how to master the art of auditioning uh dance auditioning cold reading all that type of stuff and mm -hmm. she had uh like uh guest uh teachers come in and like from orlando shakes and that type of stuff so it was really it was really cool to be there and i, I was actually the youngest in that class at the time other than my friend who is three years older than me. He popped in on occasion. Okay. Um, but <laughs> kind of got off track. Oh, we yeah, do it all the time. Okay, okay that's, 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 that's what this is all do. about. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Lead it where it takes you. Take yep. you. Go. No, that didn't sound good. <laughs> go where it leads you. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm right. saying. Uh, yeah. That's, be that's feels better. better. <laughs> my microphone keeps like drifting down. Oh, Lordy. It's like this little sad movement. I'm I mean, you can try. I tried to cinch it down, but... So you had two days to prepare two yes, monologues. Yes, two days, and so thanks to Angela, I had coaching, and that gave me a huge boost of confidence. And uh, the day came for the audition, and in the car, I was going over them a lot, because I'm like, okay, got to okay. make sure I get the words right and everything like that. So how long are these monologues? Um, I believe they needed to be... I think I had either two minutes or a minute to do the okay. monologues and it was for both of the monologues right. and I think I kept it I think each one was around under maybe 30 seconds I'm not exactly wow. okay. that's quick sure. yeah that's still stuff to remember oh right? yeah. Right. yeah because they'll um in the email it said you have this much time to do two monologues and I don't remember the exact time so yeah. I'm just gonna say it was two minutes and so maybe I had each monologue was a minute long or one was 30 seconds long, one was a minute long, you know, that type of thing. So that yeah. way I stayed in the two minute time frame that they asked for. But during the audition, I got there and I did a thing which is called dressing the essence and I dressed the essence of the character and Christopher, he often wears a hoodie and a t-shirt and jeans. So that's what I wore. So I wore something similar to the character but not like exactly how the character would. Okay, that's an interesting point because I've always wondered that. So right. you're saying it's okay to kind of not go full on like I'm this person, but to kind of get the feeling of the character oh, and yeah, what they would I, be like. I always wonder if that I'll was get you in the zone maybe. Right. Oh yeah, I personally think it it is helpful for the actor and also helpful for casting to see that oh, this is how they would look kind of in, like, the costume. Okay, uh, that's you know, helpful. It gives them a little bit of an idea. And um, it also says, you know, like, I, I know the character a little bit. I feel like 
but you don't want to go too far out, like say it's um, Shrek, and you paint your face green, you have the ears, right. and you're wearing that. Yeah. This is how I'll sound with a prosthetic yeah. nose. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> like Olaf, right? Yeah. yeah. Carrot nose, all right. that. Yeah, just a little bit too much. Yeah. But all oh, white, yeah. totally on the table. <laughs> yeah, wearing a white t shirt and jeans. Yeah. For yeah. Olaf, that'd be fine. And so. That happened, and then I went into the audition room. They called me in. I had my two different monologues. I did them both, um, and then I finished. And you know, usually you finish and like, okay, thank you, and you know. But they had me do the second monologue again, three different ways. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And so they wanted to see if I could change on the fly wow. with the way I had the character and the way I said the lines, and so. They had me do it three different ways. One of the ways was like you're in a library. One of the ways is like you want to keep this a secret. And the other way is you're telling your best friend and you're being very sincere. And, you know, they had me do it those three different ways. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wow, that was great. Thank you. And um, we hope to be hearing back from you soon. And then I got a call back for that. And it was on Zoom. And I think that was my very first Zoom call back. And they had me prepare three different... Um, scenes I think one of them was a monologue and two of them were just regular scenes and since the play is taking place in um, London uh, I had to learn a British accent oh wow and I haven't done a Brit at that time I haven't done a British accent since Peter Pan which was years ago and so my friend Mickey Rowe I contacted him and said hey could you give me some advice with you know the accent and he was like yeah sure hey would you like to do a FaceTime so we ended up doing a FaceTime oh, and he was awesome. like you know, when I was on tour this is how they taught us to do it and so I had that advice from him and a little bit of training beforehand so that way I had the accent during the callback and the callback happened and I did the scene now they had me do the scenes a different way a few times and uh, they gave me a little bit of directions during the callback because it was just me and them so it was a bit more personal since it was on zoom and then when I did the scenes they asked me some questions and I gave them some really out there answers and they liked it they were impressed with it and they're like so how do you take directions if I tell you to raise your right hand what does that mean to you and so I went into this, like, my own little monologue of what <laughs> raising your right hand could mean. <laughs> and I went into, like, extreme detail of, you know, what emotion it could mean. And they're like, that, that's not exactly what we asked, but that was a great answer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because they, they just wanted to know, do you want to be told to do something or do you want to... You oh know, feel free. And I went into this, like, development of the character <laughs> type of thing, which they really like that answer. Um, and that was actually the first time and the only time during a callback that they said, hey, this isn't an official offer, but we are offering you the role of Christopher Boone in The Curious Incident. And it was during wow. the day of the callback. That's wow. amazing. Wow. Like right there. Right the there the during the Zoom. And like, it was right there. And, were you uh, like, what? The, the, <laughs> and it was like, wow. Did you raise your right hand? Were you like, oh, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> And of course, I accepted it right away. I was like, yes, yes. And I was really excited. Um, and, it, it, and Christopher was being in that show was a huge and great experience for me because it was my first time being like the lead lead in a professional show. 
and Christopher never left the stage. He was on there the yeah. entire time. There was only one time in the entire show where he left the stage, and in the script it said, Christopher leaves the stage for the first time. Wow. So, mm. and also, with quick changes for that show, they happened on the stage. Oh my gosh, tell us about one of those. Okay. Yeah. The most so, difficult one you had to do. So there's a scene where Christopher reads a letter and finds out, spoiler alert, his mom is still alive oh, and wow. isn't dead and because he was told his mom was dead. And that makes him like very stressed, very panicked. He's like, why did my mom leave? Why did this happen? This happened in the... And all that. And he gets so overwhelmed and so panic that he ends up throwing up and he throws up on himself he curls up in a ball the dad finds him in the middle of the floor with this letter from his mom and he's like oh crap my <laughs> lie that i've been telling has been found out this is not good and so since he has yuck all over him uh his dad ends up changing the shirt because he can't move he's so petrified so startled that yeah, he's there, like paralyzed. There's no reaction. He's like paralyzed. Yeah. In shock, yeah. He's in shock. And there's no reaction from him. And so the dad ends up changing him. But because of that, it happened on the stage. So we had a thing where I would be turning my back to the audience, which that was really the only time where, you know, it was okay to turn your back to the audience because you never want to do that normally. But for a quick change, which wasn't really quick because it was emotional and it was slow and emotional, it was like... You know, I'm there for you, son. And, um, but that was one of, I think that was really the only quick change that I had on the stage. Otherwise, yeah. it was just like changing a jacket or something like that. But that was the only time, like, when my shirt came off or anything like that. Gotcha. Got it. That sounds like an amazing experience. Yeah. It was, yeah. especially with all the lifts and uh, the stunts we did. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. With, the play takes place in Christopher's mind. And so to him, things to us that would seem small to him are big, like going to a bus station or going to a train station and having all this sound and people is extremely overwhelming for him. And to show that, they had little jumps and lifts and that type of stuff. And so there was an entire rehearsal dedicated to lifts and training and, you know, learning to trust each other. And uh, a lot of it was also on viewpoints as well. And the viewpoints helped with the lifts and make it look like Christopher was actually falling or Christopher was actually getting thrown across the stage. And um, during the training process for that, uh, you know, I had to put all my trust in them because they were lifting me like three or four feet off the ground. Wow. And wow. it was, at first it was scary, but you know, you did it again and again and again. And you know, you got more confident and you got a rhythm going. And, and we had, uh, I think it was a fight choreographer and uh, he, you know, had us do it slowly, like do it 30%, 50%. All right, now do it 100%. And so we warmed up before every show and we practiced each individual stunt that we did and lift. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We did almost every one they did in the show except for walking on the walls. Okay. Which um, we didn't end up doing. I forget the reasoning why, but um, basically that would be where someone is holding onto my shoulder here mm -hmm. and holding onto my waist here and I'm walking on the walls if we did that. 
that's what it would have been. I saw like, cool. so I stage managed the stage read at LCT for uh, Curious Incident. And uh, it was a, it was like a stage read plus, like a little extra. And so they did a little bit of that. But in order to kind of be prepared for it, um, I didn't have enough time to kind of dive in and read the book. I read the script and then I watched um, like a, a recording that I had found online and I saw that. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And then when the director decided to try and incorporate some of that into the stage read, I was really excited for yeah. it um, because I, I was like, oh, OK, cool. So we're going to like do this. You know, we yeah. had the sound effects and we had, you know, the lighting that helps you kind of get the feeling of what it means to be in his head and yeah. be overwhelmed by all of the sensations in a train station, for example, or. Yeah, and but when I saw the recording of that, I was like, oh gosh, I really want to see this live. Like, yeah. not a stage read, you know? Yeah. yeah. When was the play? When did you guys do this? Uh, we did this a year ago now, which is, okay. it's hard to believe it was a year ago. It, and uh, it was during this time frame of November, December, I okay. believe is when we had it. And um, at the Tampa Rep? At the Tampa Rep, yes. Okay. But Fantastic. we performed uh, with on Stageworks Theater. But we also had another theater company working with us called Think Tank. And we had like a little partnership going on where half the cast from Curious Incident was also in The Giver. And oh, so we nice. shared a cast and we also shared a runtime. So instead of it all being Curious Incident, it was Curious Incident, The Giver, Curious Incident, The Giver, and so on. Oh, that's cool. And we, that's super cool. And I got to see The Giver and it was a great show. I really enjoyed it. And it was nice to see, you know, my castmates also in that show and like, oh, so this is what they've been doing while, you know, we haven't had rehearsal for this show. They were working on this show. Yeah. Now, some members in the cast weren't in that show. I was not in The Giver, um, but most of the cast kind of shared each other. That's a really neat concept. I've never heard We've that never before. We've never been to the Tampa. Have you ever been no. there? No. No. We're going to have to spread our wings. Oh, yeah. 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 They have, they have a show today, 3, 3 p.m. <laughs> at 3. What are they doing? Yeah. A Doll's House Part 2. Okay. Wow. Um, the show is about uh, a woman who is searching for her independence and finds it through uh, her own way. I, I, without spoiling the show, because I right. don't want to yeah. spoil the show. Right, yeah. right. No, I got you. Are you able to go see a lot of shows, or you're, sounds like you're pretty busy doing your uh, own shows? Usually I'm pretty busy, but I did get to see A Doll's House, and it was great. I enjoyed it. And um, my director for A Curious in Incident is actually leading in it. She's playing nice. Nora. Oh, that's okay. nice. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, so it was great to see her acting. Yeah. yeah. What was the rehearsal process for Curious Incident? Was that... Um, like an everyday thing, or was it more sporadic, like at a community theater rehearsal? We had, How intense is that? I believe we had um, rehearsals almost every day, except for the times when the other half of the cast was working on The Giver. Okay. Um, but, you know, they had a lot more rehearsals for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was not necessarily intense, but it was, it, it was a bit of a difficult process, because it's a big show, and... You know, with all the stunts and the movement, it's really uh, tiring. Mm -hmm. And um, but it, it is a super fun show, and I enjoyed every minute of it. But one of the differences that they had us do versus community theater, we would have to acknowledge an email and kind of like check in before each oh, rehearsal. That's nice. And also, this was like right 
after like COVID was you know starting to get better and all that. Okay. And um, we had this like little COVID waiver. We would sign in every time saying we don't feel any symptoms. We haven't been exposed okay. to anybody recently. This 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 and so on. And you know you couldn't really start the rehearsal until everyone kind of you know initiated mm -hmm. that um, sign in. Yeah, okay. did their acknowledgement. And also with the Tampa Rep, we had to take breaks at certain times because with community theater, you could keep going for the 12 hours and only take a five minute break. Um, but with professional theater, we actually got like a longer 15, 20 minute break and we had to get it on every certain amount of time. I forget the exact time, but it was whatever the equity standards are, mm -hmm. I believe is okay. what we did. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, yeah. if that's okay. I don't know if I'm going off track, but um, when it comes to equity and art, so was this a paid performance for yes, you? Yes, this was professional okay. theater and it was paid. Okay. And um, they didn't have to do equity standards because I don't believe we had any equity actors, I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, Can you explain what that is? Equity versus non-equity? Equity, for equity versus non-equity. So with uh -huh. equity, they have to give you certain things. Like they have to give you a mandatory break. You have to, and if you're a kid, you have to have a tutor or something like that. And mm -hmm. um, basically there's more rules for equity. And then basically it gives you not more priority, but like, they have to give you certain specialties. So it sounds it's like protection. a union. Yeah, it's more like protection. Yeah, right. Okay. right. Gotcha. Protect the so actor. like so you can you can be equity, and then in actors world you could be SAG, right? Yeah. They're kind of the same thing. Yes. Okay. Uh, they're very similar, I think. So equity is theater, and SAG is TV and film. I think. Yes. Is that true? Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Perfect. All right. And then so in order to be an equity actor in the theater i'm assuming there's a process for that correct there's probably dues yes. and applications yes and, i have okay. not done that personally myself so i don't know an awful that lot process. about that but i have a lot of friends who are equity actors and are a part of that i am not mm -hmm. a part of that myself okay at the moment. well it doesn't sound like you have to be no you don't yeah. necessarily have to be and sometimes it's Sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing. It depends gotcha. on what the theater can and can't provide, uh, depending gotcha. on the thing. Like community theater. If you're an equity actor or that, you can't do community theater because mm. you know they would have to give you those breaks at a certain time, which you can't really do in community theater. And so, you know, legally, they, it can't be done where you can do community theater because you know they, I think they have to pay you. I think so. That's the way mm -hmm. I've understood it. Um, okay. I've had a couple of conversations with people who were equity and are no longer. Okay. Um, and yeah, they talk about it kind of like that. Like, oh well, I couldn't do community theater for years while I was mm -hmm. equity because I had to have this and this and this. Like, you know, the unions exist to help give you those protections and make sure that there's you know, you're fairly compensated for your time, that you get tutors if you're underage, like that kind of thing. Right, right. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like, I don't think community theater really has yeah. the ability to do that, you right, know? Right, exactly. Most so of the time. Kind of the difference between like an amateur and a professional, but you can still get paid and not be an equity actor, it sounds like. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, perfect. Well, awesome. When did you first start getting into professional theater? 
Like, was this your first time with? Garden Theater was my first time, and it, okay. that Christmas Story was my very first professional theater job. Okay. And, and how long ago was that? 2018, okay. I think. So before COVID. Yeah, right. before COVID. Yeah, before mm-hmm. COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah. And things changed drastically before and after COVID. Like, everything changed. Like, example, the film industry. Uh, you in the past you had a little bit more in-person auditions you did have self-tapes then as well but since the pandemic pretty much everything is self-tapes or self-submissions and that type of stuff okay Okay. wow yeah so you now have transitioned to doing tv and film yes i have let's talk about that that's exciting i've been doing that for a while and the way i got into that was someone uh, from the theater reached out to me and said hey this person is doing a movie and they need some extras would you be interested in doing that and I said yes and I loved the experience so much I loved being on set so much that in that moment I decided this is what I want to do I want to go towards professional film and television and professional theater and um, so I ended up going and taking some trainings some on-camera classes and so because on-camera acting and stage acting are two completely different ball games. Okay. With theater, you're big, you're huge, and you're this giant energy, and you're louder, you project more. Right. But when you have a boom mic above your head and you have a camera, and it's like, say it's only on your face, all they see is your face or your face in your um, chest area. And... Um, you know, you can't be that moving around as big because right. then you'll go out of right. frame. And right. Well, it's about like the point of your audience, right? Yeah. You know, in, in, in theater, like the set doesn't have to be perfect. It can, it just has to pass the 10 foot rule, right. the 20 foot rule, right? Mm-hmm. And so your acting's kind of in the same vein, whereas if you're on TV, minute things are picked up, right? Oh, yeah. Like even like, Small little character choices, like if you do an eye twitch or raise an eyebrow, like in, like something like this, that can be big and like really like show an emotion of a character depending on mm-hmm. the scene. And um, let's see, I, I had a point where I was going. Yeah, I, <laughs> I hate when that happens. I hate when that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's probably okay, really good. The train just leaves the station. Eyebrow, <laughs> yeah. Be noticed, yeah, you know? because you're up mm-hmm. on the stage, and it's like mm-hmm. if you don't do it like. Really? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. It is. yeah. yeah. Um, and one of the other things with uh, getting into film is I started looking for an agency and I ended up signing with 22 Talent. And uh, I got a recommendation um, through Amy Fox because that's the agency, agency she is with. And so I got a recommendation, and I had a little audition for the agency. And uh, I've been with 22 Talent for years now. They are a great agency. And I'm also represented by KMR, which is a newer development that's happened recently. And I also had a recommendation from Mickey Rowe. Um, And so that's kind of how that happened. And I had an audition with that, and I had a Zoom audition uh, for them. And... uh, I'm on their diversity department, which means they're sending me out for more roles that are for actually autistic characters for film and television. Awesome. Yeah, oh, that's great. So, yeah, you'll be able to relate and put your personal experience oh, yeah. in with And that. also, it's a, it's a great thing for uh, my community to have someone who actually has the disability playing the role. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, 
I can actually look up to this person mm-hmm. because they actually have the disabilities and they did this thing that most people would say that you know someone with large disabilities can't do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking up on two themes with you. One is networking. So it sounds like yes, networking <laughs> is huge. Yeah, network, network, network. Right, and we've yeah. heard that from another guest that you really have to like go up and introduce yourself and oh, yeah. exchange contact information. Yeah. So Don't you have be those... scared to do that. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, I'm so impressed is you clearly have a natural talent, but you're not just resting on your natural talent you're researching you're taking yes. classes you're doing well, everything you can then, oops, sorry no, <laughs> go ahead one thing that i can say is never stop training um one thing that i was told by a coach one time is no matter how good you think you are things in the industry are always changing always evolving so not only in like the acting style but also in the technical things like years ago headshots used to be in black and white and now they're not and um, and even though there was you know, um, and some people still do the black and white, but it's not necessarily the more accepted thing. And also background in the headshot, you don't want anything distracting. You don't want a rainbow unicorn in the background. They're gonna be like, why is there a unicorn there? Because like, like you know you want them to look at you. And also your mm-hmm. eyes in the headshot are very important. And um, things change constantly. And so it's good to stay in the loop. It's also good to keep your acting bones sharp. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm very impressed by that because you're saying all these things. Like I know, I think our children are still pretty young, although you did this when you were super young too. I don't think they recognize the importance of putting in the work before the audition yeah. to really nail the audition, to understand the character, and to then, if you get the part, be able to act the character well yeah so I'm, I'm very impressed with all the things you're saying you'd be taking notes I know <laughs> I'll be having a meeting with Pinky before the next exactly. audition like, well. okay Listen so to we're this. gonna sit down and we're gonna I think explore we'll the characters is we can have JJ come back and actually that's what I'm just thinking you should be teaching classes yeah, yeah. in all that. your spare time yeah. <laughs> I would gladly teach or like you know workshops and stuff. you're doing yes. workshops with um oh gosh tell me the name again family the Disability workshops. Workshops or panels or what are you doing um, with them? They are panels. Okay. And uh, example of a few of the sessions. Last year, I hosted the disability history session, and that entire session is devoted to talking about disability history and figures in the past who you might not have thought have a dis- you might not have thought have a disability and they end up having it. Uh, like a, example. Some people don't know that Franklin D. Roosevelt had a disability, and that's why he had his podiums reinforced, because he needed that extra support to stand up, because um, I believe he had a polio, Mm -hmm. I believe, Mm -hmm. and um, that was one of the things that I did, and I also had to do a lot of research for the session, because I had to come up with the script, not only for what I was saying, but for what everyone else was saying, and I had to make sure nothing was plagiarized because, you know, it's, it is history, but you, you can't yeah. copy exactly what someone else said. But it's like, this is how it happened. How do you say it in a different way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's true. It's amazing to know how many actors um, are dyslexic. Yeah. Yes. That's huge. We learned about that because our son, uh, Max, he's 12 and he has dyslexia. And so that's something that we've, you know in supporting him and helping him have said, hey, listen, buddy, look at all these people that are out there that are doing all these wonderful, successful things in the public eye, 
being on stage and you know they do have these disabilities and it's just a wonderful thing to be able to show so I think it's great that you're out there you know representing um, you know your own disability and being able yeah. to show hey listen guys I can do it. You can do it too. Yeah. It's great. And, you know? and not only do it, but do it magnificently well. So, thank you. Yeah. I think if you want to do something, you can do it if you put in the work, the time, and the effort. That is what I think. And as long as you truly love what you're doing and you have a passion for it, nothing's going to stop you. Um, and one other thing. Oh, just, I hate it when things pop in your head. <laughs> yeah, right you down say real quick. else and it goes out there. <laughs> you have so much going on. I know. Yeah. You have so much to tell. You're so inspirational. I I'm like, know. you know, oh, my kid that. needs to hear this. Do yeah. you ever get nervous? You seem like oh, so, yes. okay. Because you oh, seem yes. so like even keeled and calm. Uh, oddly enough, during a show, I usually don't get too nervous. It's only like the like the very first scene. It's like, okay, how is the audience going to react to my character, first of all? And like, and then like, you can feed off the energy of the character. Now, you should never change anything in the show. Yes, never do that. Fact. I have seen that happen, and I have seen technical things go wrong because of actors and other people mm -hmm. changing things. Um, so don't change things no, when you haven't been it. told to. Do that during the rehearsal process. Mm -hmm. That's the time to do it. There's a phrase I learned from Miss um, Debbie. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. Do that during the rehearsal process, <laughs> right. not during the show. <laughs> right. Yeah, because once you get to that dress rehearsal, it should oh, yeah. be all dress solid. Rehearsal, and... yes. Everything's set in stone yes. by then. Now, during, like, if you have, um, ooh, I forget the name of it, but it's like you rehearse the show in between, but you do a speed through of the show. There, you get the opportunity to goof around a little bit. I have no idea what a speed through is. <laughs> oh, it's basically... <laughs> Uh, say you had a week break or something like that, and you just go through the script and the blocking really fast, and you um, like the, a refresh, like type a refresh, thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like so two at speed, to get, right? Yeah. But it's at speed, so you're yeah. saying everything really fast like this, and you're trying to go. Oh really my fast gosh! Through it. And you're like, okay, let's go home so we can all finish. <laughs> or, yeah. oh, all, let's all finish so we can go no. home. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. See, you did it too. <laughs> That's what I did. I did that one time. They, I was part of that process one oh, time. Yeah, yeah. I, I had no idea, and then all of a sudden. Um, the director of Curious Incident decided he was going to do that. Wow! Because we needed to, we needed it. Like mm -hmm. everybody kind of needed it, right? Yeah, it was kind of neat. Yeah. I didn't know that was like I thought it was just a thing that happened that time because I don't never seen it. I've since. never heard of that. <laughs> it's happened two times for me: once for Cinderella when I at LCT, and once for a Christmas story. That is where it happened. But for a Christmas story, uh, it was really my first time like having like you know, a lot of things to do and lines and a bit more blocking. And so it was like, oh, so I have to be really fast with this. Cause they're like, <laughs> okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, speed throughs are a lot of fun because you get to goof around a little bit, but it's also, it's like really fast. And so it's like- You gotta be on your it, feet. Yeah, you gotta be yeah. on your feet. Yeah. Get that adrenaline going. Oh yeah. Yeah, I bet. And. Um, one other thing, and I, I wanted to mention this earlier, but it slipped my mind, is cold reads. Um, that for me is still something that's difficult because I do have dyslexia and I also oh, have okay. dysgraphia. Okay. I have both those. And so when I was younger and starting in community theater, um, there's this thing you can ask for, it's called a perusal script. 
and you can get it usually like a, a day before the callback or you know that type of thing and since I have dyslexia I need that accommodation to help me with it because if I go up there and it's actually time I'm gonna be like reading every word slowly mm-hmm. and, but I've gotten better at it I have yeah. I've gotten better at cold reads um, but that's something I do and have done in the past and uh, so and I, I, I think that's a reasonable accommodation to ask Absolutely. for and sometimes you, that can't be provided and I completely understand that um, for film and television you can't really ask for you know that type of stuff in advance because it's for a TV show that's coming out and they don't want you to leak the thing even if you do it accidentally or something like that which is perfectly understandable Mm -hmm. Um, but that's something that really helped me with community theater is getting that perusal script in advance uh, to look at and then another thing I do I during a callback for a cold read I tend not to be the first person to go Um, now does being the first person to go, can that help you? Sure, it can. But for me, I need a little bit of extra time to look at the script, so that way I have a general idea. And something I've done in the past is, like, I have a very unique ability to memorize things rather quickly. And so mm-hmm. since I have dyslexia, I didn't actually, like, read the script while I was doing the scene. So I just have it in my hand and then eventually my hand would go down and I would start saying lines and like, oh wait, I'm not looking at the script. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. But that's just how you're processing it. Yeah, it's just how I processed it. And I memorized it, but I also made it look like I was looking at the script. Yeah. Everyone else was looking at the script. And so it was like, I don't want to be the odd one out who's like, you know, not memorized, but like I have the general idea of it at least. Yeah. So when you say you're not the first to go, because I know the setting we've been in, there you get your number when you register, and then they kind of do everything in the order of the number. Yes. It's not always. No, okay. It's not always like that. Now, if it, they do do it by number, it's, you know, you, you go when you go. You it's can't, the luck of the draw, yeah. Luck of the draw, you can't help that. But if you can, for me personally, I try to be the second or the third person. Okay. That's just what I do personally. Got it. Gives you a little bit extra time. Yeah, it gives me a little bit of extra time, and it can help me memorize it a bit more. And uh, on occasion in the past, when I was younger, and I had my dyslexia was a bit worse at that time, uh, and my reading ability wasn't as good as it is now, um, I had to ask for help with certain words. And don't be afraid to ask for help. That's Mm -hmm. something that I learned. That's great. Because times when I didn't ask for help, and I know I needed it, I messed up horribly on the callback or the cold read because I didn't ask for help for whatever that word was at the time. Now I've gotten better at that and I can, you know, I'm older, I can sound out the words and all that a bit better now and, you know, occasionally I was like, oh, is this a a D or a B here? It wouldn't make sense for that to be a D, so it's a B. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, with dyslexia, sometimes that happens where you get things confused and it just doesn't look right on the paper. But then you look back a second later and like, oh, that's this word. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't see that there before. (laughs) That's great advice to not be afraid to ask for help. Yeah, for sure. It can't be seen as a weakness. No, no. Because you can't be at your best. I I think asking for help is a great thing because it also gives you an opportunity to talk to the stage manager or the director or whoever you end up asking and you can also ask ask a fellow actor Mm -hmm. i don't see anything wrong with that Mm -hmm. um although 
sometimes, on occasion, <laughs> you will meet the actor that won't want to have any part of you or help you. Right. Um, but most of the times, everyone in theater is very accepting and kind. And they'll, they'll go out of their way to help. So it's not like freaky competitive mean to each other no not okay, usually that's good <laughs> i've only had one auditions and uh, excuse me callback where it was like that and uh i'm like oh this this person was rude mm -hmm. I, I just asked a question and i got sass okay note taken yes don't ask questions here okay yeah. so talk to us about being rejected because I think everyone needs to hear about that because you are definitely going to be rejected yes. if you're you, in this business you were going to hear a hundred no's before you get that yes or even more uh, you could go six months of auditioning and not get a single thing uh, that is the truth a lot of it it is very humbling you know because you think you know oh I, I'm getting all these roles in you know community theater and that type of stuff oh I'll go audition for the same thing at this theater but since you're new there they don't know you you don't have a reputation there they're going solely based off you know your resume and that type of stuff and you, you know how you do during the audition so, and it's like you know they, they have to take that chance with you and it's like you know that risky thing of oh it's a new actor even though it's not a new actor, but it's mm -hmm. new for them. Sure. And so there's that. But a part of the rejection is something that I do is I audition, I reward myself, and I forget about it. That is what I do. Now, the forget about it isn't like, you know, completely forget about it. It's just put it in the back of your head. If you get a callback, you get a callback. That would be great. And then you have all your stuff you prepared before. If there was stuff to prepare before, there isn't always stuff to prepare before. Um, and then you just go on to the next audition and keep living life but I feel like giving yourself a little bit of a reward it can be drinking your favorite soda getting uh, fries at McDonald's or something like that something small something that's a, a an award for you for like you did your best now move on to the next thing mm -hmm. Basically, that's kind of what you have to do. It's usually Hagen Dazs in our family. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's wait a minute. The Hagen Dazs is when you get rejected. <laughs> you got to spin that around. <laughs> I think we do Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah. Right? I like the reward for just going out there yeah. and putting yourself out there. And I, I, I feel like it definitely like helps you mentally because it's like you know you did your best, you did the best you could, and the, the, at the end of the day, at an audition, that's all you can do is. Do your best. That is all you can do. And rejection can be hard because sometimes you can get attached to a character that you developed and, you know, you had this character that you developed for two days for this audition and you had a four or three day time span to turn it in. And, you know, it's like, oh, I really love this character. I'd love to get this role. And then you're like, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. You don't hear anything and the time passes. Because if you don't get anything, one of two things will happen. They'll either email you and say you didn't get it, or you'll hear nothing at all. Oh. And that sucks. Oh. When, you yeah. nothing, when you hear no nothing closure? at all, yeah. no closure, when you hear nothing at all, uh, it, it's really hard. Because it's like, did I get it? Did I not get it? What's happening here? And that's why that you know audition and forget about it comes into play, because sometimes you'll never hear anything back. And this isn't my story. This is someone else's. Um, a friend of mine auditioned for something and they didn't hear back until like six months later and they're like hey oh we're considering you for this now oh, and they're like wow. uh, I booked a different job 
<laughs> this audition was six months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, how do you, yeah, exactly. When do you like cut the loo- line loose and say, I'm going to go do something else? Apparently after the six-month mark. <laughs> yeah, at least. Gosh. But it isn't like that every time. Right. Um, usually, so there's a few different ways, and it depends on the situation. Say you get pinned for the role, which is a very good thing if you get pinned. What does that mean? I'm sorry. Uh, that means they exclusively want you to audition for it. You can't do anything else until this time frame is over. Okay. Okay. So you're kind of committed. Yes, you're committed. Okay. Even though you haven't booked it or anything, it's right. like saying, we want you and we're really considering you. Don't do anything else, please. Okay. okay. <laughs> and uh, if you don't hear anything past the audition, past that pinned date, usually that means you didn't get it. Like, if you wait two or three days after, it most likely means you didn't get it. And that's a way to know that usually they won't send you an email or confirmation saying, sorry, or saying, thank you for auditioning, but we found someone who better suits the role or whatever. And um, that's one way. Another way is they'll have, for film and television, they'll have shoot dates. And if it goes past the shoot dates, then you know for sure. They are to shoot. They've moved on. Very logical. (laughs) Yes. Um, and that's that's a way to know for sure. And also with theater, usually they have like a callbacks will be on this date. Make sure you're available then. So if you don't hear anything by that time, they kind of know. Yeah, they kind of know. Okay. But theater usually they'll email you or they'll call you. Their theater professional theater and community theater. I found uh, contact the actors a bit more versus film and television. With film and television, you have. 4,000, 5,000, 10,000 different actors and to send wow. 10,000 different emails would be... That'd be a lot, yeah. That'd be a lot. Are you... Does your agency bring um, audition opportunities to you or are you still seeking out things? How does that work? It is a bit of both. Um, my agency submits me for things and if the casting director or whoever is looking at it likes my headshot, they'll say, hey based off of this person's headshot, they look like what we want to cast for the role. And so then you get the audition and then they see what your acting ability is. But the first thing they see is either a headshot of you or a clip. And usually they'll ask for a clip once they see that. Not usually. It can happen to where they ask a clip for a clip when they see your headshot, just to see what your acting ability is. That has happened. Uh, I don't know how often that happens because that's more... So about the agents know a bit more about that than I do. Um, but I know it, they based everything off of your headshot first because that's the first thing they see as far as I know. So you need a really good headshot. Yes. And like I said, being engaging with your eyes, telling a story. I know it's going to sound a little weird, but while you're doing a headshot, be the character you want to get. So say it's a commercial headshot, be that person who's going to sell a product because that's the point of a commercial. It's not to book an actor, it's to sell a product. So you have to make sure you have the capability of, you know, the look to sell a product. And with, you know, say it's a dramatic thing or where you're the bad guy, you can wear a leather jacket, black pants, which of course they won't see your pants, but you know, they'll see the top of Yeah, but the pants get you in character. Right, that's right. So the character. They, they really want to see the thought in your eyes. They really want to see what is going on in here in your headshot. And um, that's something that took me a while to learn and a while to learn how to do because it, 
it's a, it's a little bit different. It's excuse me. It's a little bit uh, difficult to do at times because it's like I'm not saying anything. I'm just looking at a camera. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also with on camera classes, a lot of the things are reactions, and so not only did that help with on camera, that also helped with headshots. Okay, perfect. All these classes that you mentioned that you take. Is this at like a particular place or a theater? Yeah, you do a lot of traveling. Various <laughs> different places, a lot yeah. of traveling. Um, a lot of uh, the places I go to, one of them is uh, Book From Tape, and that's where the most is from, Masters of Self-Taping. And uh, I recommend joining it. I truly do. I think Jordan Woods Robinson, he is the person who made it is a fantastic coach, a fantastic teacher, a fantastic mentor. He is a, a great person to work with. So if you ever get the opportunity to work with him, you know, it's, it, it's awesome to work with him. It's very fun. Um, and then I also did some stuff at the Maley School. Um, and that's with, uh, I believe it was with John Peros and ooh, Jim Broswell. And okay. those were the classes I took there. Is that in Florida? Yes, or is that, that is okay. in Florida. It's Orlando. It's a bit of a drive for me, but mm -hmm. um, I did Zoom classes during the pandemic and in-person classes beforehand. Okay. And um, so you find yourself kind of bouncing back and forth yes. between Orlando and Tampa. Yes, a lot. I find myself bouncing around there a lot. But also, a lot of my classes are now on Zoom. Mm -hmm. In the past, they weren't. And it makes it easier for me because, you know, don't have to go and travel. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fight the traffic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I-4. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I've driven I-4. It's not fun. No. Yeah. Not. No, it we is avoid not. it. And then were you homeschooled as a child? I have been homeschooled pretty much all of my life except for kindergarten. Okay. Wonderful. So huge shout out to your mom and dad. Yes. Because... <laughs> You're awesome. Yes. Thank you, the momager. She's a yeah. teacher and a momager. momager. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because um, that's yeah, it all starts at home, right? Starts oh, yeah. with the support. And that's, and that's our goal here. I, too, so. I'm very fortunate to have two loving parents who support me in my goals. Uh, some people don't have the luxury of that, and I, my heart feels for them. But I am very lucky to have two parents who support me and truly care about if I succeed yeah because it's a lot of investment on their part oh, to, yeah. yeah being available know. all the time and yes we applaud you mom good yeah. job yes. a lot of <laughs> a lot of driving around a lot of scouting yourself and trying to figure out how to navigate moving to the next step and you know your your career yeah, yeah. and when, when I was younger and still to this day my mom helps a lot not only with driving, but with, you know, the technical things. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's great to have someone there with you along the journey, I think. Definitely. Wow, yes, yeah. absolutely. Especially somebody you can trust in this industry and, yes. you know, be supportive and, and all that good stuff. So what are you working on now? What do you got going on? Right now, it's a little bit of a dry season. Um, recently, I had a couple of auditions for... Some projects that I don't think I can say the name. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but it, it, they were fun projects, and it was a voiceover project, and uh, I haven't heard anything about it yet. Okay. Uh, isn't a yes or a no yet, but okay. my, my fingers are crossed. Yes. Hopefully something will happen. We'll put good vibes up there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and um, I had a filming with Kelly Weaver, uh, I believe 
he his studio is called Studio Terminal Fifty Two. I believe is what his thing is called. Okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. He's a sci-fi guy. He sci-fi horror film. Okay, Ooh, okay. I like that. Um, the most recent thing I did was sci-fi, and it was uh, I don't I'm not gonna spoil it okay. because it hasn't been released to YouTube. <laughs> okay, and I caught myself there. Okay, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you have to let us know when it is released. Trying to chip, trip him up. I mean, oh, geez. Geez. Oh, geez. Sorry. Sorry. Some I know, right? So okay, so it's a YouTube situation. So that's yeah. awesome. We can't wait to hear about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like you do have some good things going on. Oh yeah. You know, and um, gosh, it's so much information. I, I know. know. I, I know. Like... I have like fun questions before we wrap yeah, up. Do it. I'm gonna say two things before we ask the fun questions. One, I'm gonna get your autograph because you're gonna be famous, <laughs> and I want it now for real. Yeah. <laughs> and we definitely want to have you come back on because I know we before we were filming and recording, we talked about a few things that we can still talk about yeah. and be super helpful so we'll book you for that <laughs> and there's a few yes. things that i didn't cover yeah yeah that happens this. yeah <laughs> what happens is your dream role what is something you would absolutely love to play well i've already played two of my dream roles olaf and chris right <laughs> and um but if i was just a little bit taller shrek and shrek oh, musical. Yeah. oh that would be so that, much fun that's such a good musical that would be my dream theater role <clears throat> and um like, I love the song, and it was one of my favorite main stages I was in over at uh, Theater Winter Haven. And um, for film and television, I would love to be a recurring character on a TV series or a guest star. I would love that. I would love to have a, a role I could go back to and, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, to kind of expand mm -hmm. your character. Mm -hmm. And go you on know. like a journey. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. feels fun. And, you yeah. know, find the development of the character. Watch the character grow up. Finger quotes, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. No, absolutely. That would be super And do you cool. have any little advice to give to kids or parents that are kind of beginning this process or something important you've learned along the way that would be helpful? Um, two things that I can think of. Keep training is a big one. Another thing is... Don't let your fails get to you. Learn from them. And some things that we consider a fail is completely out of our hands. Like not getting cast, it, it might not be because of your acting. It might be because of your looks. Like say you have red hair and they were looking for someone with brown hair. Even that can determine your casting. <clears throat> Starting to lose my voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it comes down to looks, eye color, and all that type of stuff when casting happens. So just because you didn't get cast doesn't mean, you know, that, you know, it didn't mean that you did anything wrong. It could just be because of you're that. Because you're too short. Because yeah. you're too short. Yeah. Too yeah. short. <laughs> and it's not, it's not even just you alone, right? Like, oh, yeah. And it's also of based off of the, who did they cast mm -hmm. as the parents? Who did they cast as the brother? That type of thing. And right. they have to see, you know, heights if you're compatible with them and that type yeah. of thing. And uh, that's one thing. Don't let uh, not booking or not getting the job get to you because it's it's out of your hands. It's it, you know it's something you just have to put faith in that it'll work out. And uh, another thing is that um, on an audition when you're there, uh, the moment you get out of the car, the audition starts. Yes. And never say anything bad yes. about anyone. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Let's see, what, else, what other advice can I give? 
I like what you just said though, because we, yeah. When we work with the kids, we're like, every time you're in this theater, you're on audition. You may be sitting in the house waiting for your turn to do something, but people are watching. So that's well, a great point. The reality is it's not just there. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I've heard stories before. We were kind of talking about yeah. this before the podcast started, <laughs> but I've heard stories before where, uh, you know, the person auditioning had cut off someone and cursed them out in the car, <laughs> had some road rage, and then went into their audition oh, only no. to find the person Uh-oh. they had road raged on was actually part of that staff <laughs> oh audition staff and so it was like wow yeah yeah just be a good human people yeah. i think it's not that hard. i think yeah no. you just kind of have to carry it because like you know what you're doing you could on through yeah because I mean, the way you act in the audition is the way you'll act in the rehearsal process i mean you see that with actors and and stuff now like you know you got to be kind of aware of how you're perceived when you're out of out with people yeah just in, in the world even you know yeah and also uh, on a side note gotta be careful with social media yeah, yeah especially yeah. if you're like social media is a big part of uh being an actor because having that audience that you know you can connect with on your social media and telling your story through that is a big part of it but also you got to be careful because there's some people out there that are not necessarily people that you want to interact with because mm-hmm. you know it you know being a kid when i was younger and i had social media there was a lot of weird messages and mm-hmm. stuff yeah and the internet advice if you're starting off and you also are starting off with the social media be safe mm-hmm. and excellent make advice. sure it's parent monitored mm-hmm. i feel yeah. like having a parent monitored instagram account or facebook account or whatever it is is a good thing sure you might be a little bit annoyed by it from time to time <laughs> sure but it'll pay off in the long run definitely yeah, that's great advice well because the internet doesn't forget no it does, <laughs> not. It does not no it doesn't no, well thank you so not. much this has been incredible i'm so glad you reached out to us oh. and yeah, i'm glad i could be here we are looking yeah. forward to watching you as you continue to do amazing I know. things we'll get we'll get some autographs before yeah, you leave yeah, definitely yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely very good. Thank you so much. Thank JJ. you. Thank you to our listeners and everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, yes, I know. Next week it's gonna be yeah. here. Yeah. Don't yeah. forget to get your turkeys. Yeah. How do you guys cook your turkey? That's always we, like a thing. We're we going somewhere and they're gonna cook it for us. <laughs> nice. That's yeah. the best way to we were cook invited. <laughs> we were invited for family stuff, so we're we're oh, doing mac nice. and cheese and. Ooh, that sounds good. The, well, Chris made. Um, macaroons yesterday for the first time ever with Pinky yes. and I, I think we may try and you know do that again yeah and then dessert. take those with us they were so good mm. yeah it, they didn't all look super pretty but they that tasted matter. fantastic, they taste fantastic. yeah so we yeah. do that too maybe some peanut butter whiskey Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's gotta have the peanut butter with I can't have that. No, 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 we're cooking a traditional meal for the first time in forever because we are usually with my brother and his wife, and she's from Spain, okay. which they don't have Thanksgiving. So we're usually doing something fabulous like paella or you know salmon, Ooh, yeah. but we won't be with them this year. So my family wants like the turkey and the the real stuff. So okay, gotcha. I'll be in the kitchen all day. How about you're going to Georgia? We are. We're going out of state. Yep, we're going to um, stay with some family for a couple of days. Nice. So that'll be fun. And yeah, they're cooking. Enjoy the snow. Pretty much everything. Seriously. Well, yeah. I mean, could be, right? Like, 
definitely feels like it could snow out there today. Yeah. Yeah. Send some of the snow over here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Florida snow is all over the window. Right. <laughs> How about you, JJ? What are you doing? Um, I don't exactly know. I don't think we really have a set plan. It's just going to be me and mom and dad as far as I know. Perfect. That's the best kind. Nice, relaxing Thanksgiving. You're not like slaving away. Mm -hmm. No, you don't have to worry about any family drama. Oh, I know. That always happens. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. I do have one question for you. Okay, dear. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we're ready. I should have asked him. But see, I was nice and I didn't ask the question. What what inspired you to start this podcast? Oh, what a great question. Oh. Who, Who wants, wants to, to tell? First? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. We have always been very bonded because our kids seem to get cast in similar roles in the same shows. And um, we were sitting around at one callback and we were just joking around like, because we think we're hilarious. You know, we're cracking each other up. We're like, we yeah. should share this with the world. We should create a podcast and talk about this and help other parents get into this because there is a lot to navigate. There is, and, and we learn a lot. Like, yes. I mean, doing this, oh, we're going to learn so much. We've already yeah. learned a lot. but And we feel passionate about community theater and the way it's changed our lives and our families' lives. And so we want to do whatever we can to help other families find success in the joy that we have found. And we joked about it for a long time. And then a couple of weeks ago, Kristen's like, forget it. We're doing this. <laughs> and yeah. Well, we were out at, we were out at the joinery up the road and, um, one of our friends, dads came and kind of was hanging out with us at the joinery. Yeah. And he was like, just sitting back while we were cutting up and telling stories and stuff. And he was like, man, y'all should make this like a podcast or something. Yeah. And we were like, actually, actually. <laughs> we were, kind of funny yeah, we were thinking about it, but we just hadn't done it. I mean, it had been six months. Yeah. Probably yeah, at least. Yeah. And yeah. I just kind of was like, you know what? We just, we do, we just need to pull the, the, the trigger on it and just yeah. try it. And so here yeah. we are. Here we are. And it's already evolved with just a few episodes we've had. It's evolved into something yeah, it's amazing. way bigger than we ever yeah. thought that it would be. Yeah. It's kind of fun, though, like, you know, we go out and see shows and, yeah. you know, funny people will, hey, it's the drama mama, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. across the lobby or something, and you're like, oh, hi. <laughs> but what we know is we don't know anything. We yeah. know the little bit that we've been exposed to, so having people like you on has been yeah. amazing, and you have so much to offer families to help them navigate this. Yeah, because it's hard being the mom. Momager, it's hard. I'm adopting yep. that. I'm so getting a jersey with that on the back. Ah, uh, yeah. I think uh, some t-shirts or something. Yeah, merch. Yeah, so. some more merch. That's how it started for yeah. us. Yeah. Look, nice. we got we got cups. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, little drama mamas. Yeah. And notebooks. That's what Chris was holding up earlier. Yeah. 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 We're growing. We're getting yeah. bigger. And we're just starting. The whole goal is just to educate and promote. And have fun because that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's yeah. all about having fun. And so. another thing, too, uh, sorry to interrupt. No, no. Um, to the question you asked, advice, make sure you're having fun. Mm-hmm. That is the number one thing because acting should always be fun. Now, at times it'll be challenging and hard, but in a fun way, you know. And that, that's one other thing I, I want to say. And another thing before we end 
is I know I would not be the person I am today if I didn't do theater. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of it, uh, the main reason I got into theater, and I didn't uh, actually say this, was because of Star Wars Weekends. There was a panel at Star Wars Weekends, and Ashley Eckstein was there. The voice actress for Ahsoka Tano was there. I love her. Uh, I mean, and Ventress. Um, and um, she, during the show, there was like a lizard on the stage or something. And she was like, ah, oh, there's a lizard. And so at the end of the show, I believe I went to her husband. And I was like, I can go up on the stage and catch the lizard if you want. And he was like, no. No, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> and also during the show, uh, I raised my hand to volunteer for something, and I ended up uh, doing something on the microphone. And Ashley Eckstein went to my mom and dad, and I don't remember the... I wasn't there for the conversation they had, but I know she said that I should start doing theater, that I have theater mm. energy. Mm. And that's how I started, because Ashley Eckstein said... I should start doing theater, wow. and it's because of that, and it's because of Star Wars. Yes, <laughs> yes. for those of you who can't see, he's got a theater. serious Star Wars shirt on. Yeah, yes. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love her. She's and, awesome. Yeah, she is, and she's very active up at at Disney. Like she does all kinds oh, of yeah. stuff, and she's so nice. Yeah, like she during Star Wars weekend, she showed me so much kindness, and I. I'm so thankful for her. She is amazing. Mm. Two things before we end. I know we keep saying that before we end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before we, end. we already said Sorry, thank you at some point. And then we just kept going. But I, I want you to know this because you, you know, we talked about what you do matters and every you're on an audition. Two things I remember about you. You probably have no clue I even know this about you. Okay. You made soaps for Frozen. And that was so meaningful to the cash. JJ the made, cast. yes, these little um, Frozen-themed soaps mm -hmm. for everyone. We still have ours. I wanted to use mine, but Billy Kate <laughs> insisted it went in her memory box. So we have those in her memory box. And, and this is painful, but... Um, you lost your grandfather in that time. And uh, I, I did. was very, very close to my grandfather and seeing how much that meant to you. Like I felt immediately bonded to you as I knew mm. you were like a super stand-up guy to have that relationship. So thank you for what you do because you're a role model to other kids and to other moms. So we appreciate you. Yes. And I'm sorry to bring up something painful, but Aww. I get it. Yeah. 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 She's got you. We all got you. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> It's all good. All right. Yeah. That's a wrap. Yeah, on that one. And yes. now you need to sign our papers cool. so we yes. can have your <laughs> Yeah, now you got to sign our stuff. That's a wrap. Also, the, uh, with the soaps, uh, I know that we're not running anymore, oh, but this is just... To talk. We're always right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with the soaps, I actually started off with Star Wars weekends because I would make Star Wars themed soap not only for like the celebrities for meet and greet when I would meet them, but also for the Disney cast members because oh at that time I was in a, a wheelchair, but I was using a stroller as a wheelchair at that time, and. Um, you know that you know they were people were being nice to me and kind, and I wanted to repay them and. Uh, I didn't necessarily think of it that way, but I was, you know, I made them Star Wars themed soap because it was Star Wars weekends, and that's where this soap came from. And also, so making soap is, re is relaxing because mm -hmm, you put I the bet. sense in the steam, and it's oh, it's 
that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so are you still doing it? Uh, on occasion, I do uh-huh. it. I try to do it during the end of a show. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I don't start it during the start of the run, it doesn't yeah. happen. Did you do it for Curious Incident? I did. I did. I believe mm-hmm. I did. Okay. Yeah, I was, remember I, being amazed because you made them and you brought them and they ran out and the next day you brought more. <laughs> like, yeah. how did you oh, find time to do that? It's because I knew people didn't get some and mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure everyone got some. Because what I do, I make sure the techs get it first yeah. and then the actors. Yeah. Want, well, techs and then, you know, the director and all that. Yeah. And then the actors. Yeah. And, you know, for certain people I know, for a curious incident, when I made soaps, because I, I remember now, um, someone was, or someone is a vegetarian, and I, this sense I used, it said something about some sort of animal something. I'm like, you know, just to be safe, I'm not mm-hmm. going to put it in there. I'll make a special batch, you know, specifically for the people who are vegetarians and don't want to have any animal death stuff. Like products. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that was a weird way of saying it. But it's kind of, no, we understand yeah, what you're saying. What it is. Yeah. yeah. You see that a lot in soaps, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I never, I, I actually never looked at my ingredients before right. to see what, you know, exactly the, the scent is made out of. I just knew it was for soap. So I didn't know that until I looked. And uh, so now I'm a bit more conscious about that. Because yeah. I, uh, if they tell me, I'll mm-hmm. make a special just for them, like with no scent. Mm-hmm. So that way. Like they have allergies or something. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And then. Some people don't, you know, want the soap for that reason. Mm-hmm. They didn't come up and say anything. So, I, you know, yeah. I understand. It's really cool. That's it's a really thoughtful. awesome gesture. Yeah. yeah. It's basically yeah. just a, a thank you. It's, mm-hmm. it's, that's what I've always done it for. Thank you for, you know, working with me yeah. and having this yeah. fun time with me and mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to go home and look at my soap now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gabby loves hers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, please, can I use it? No. It's going in the box. It's going in the box. We have a big box. box. She's uh, very sentimental. <laughs> at home, when I first started making the soaps, I didn't hand them out. Um, so, in my room, I have this bucket of just soaps oh that are like, they're like 10 years old now, for sure. <laughs> and I'm like, and it's still around. They're still around. It's still and I'm working. like, some of them have uh, kind of melted together, but they're still That's there. Right. They still work. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you know, when the apocalypse comes, you're going to be clean. You need soap, I'm your man. Exactly. Can't eat it, but you can be clean. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.